Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this July the 22nd, 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, much to cover on this week's broadcast as the Temple Mount has endured a day of rage. Do all of you feel safe and sound? July the 20th. Blumberg published this. S&P 500 biggest pension plans face $382 billion funding gap. Off the charts. Last month, the 70,000 participants in the United Parcel Service Inc. pension plan learned they wouldn't earn increased benefits if they work after 2022. Late last year, DuPont announced it would stop making payments to its pension plan. Thousand active employees. Brands Inc. offered some former employees a lump sum buyout to offload some of its pension liabilities. General Electric has a major problem. The company ended its defined benefit plan for new hires in 2012. But its primary plan, covering about 467,000 people, is one of the largest and at 31 billion. GE's pension shortfall is the biggest in the S&P 500. Ladies and gentlemen, you have hoped so long in your retirement. That the Lord has just had about enough of that line of thinking. I think very soon those that at least intend on being invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb had better change their tune to start desiring their redemption instead. For right now, get your trays into the upright positions and buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Before this year is out, we may just hear that start gun yet. Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Let's ride. 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune this week. It is good to be with you. Clinton, jump on here and say hello, and how has your week progressed? Yeah, everyone, it's uh, it's wonderful to be back with you. Um, you know, one thing I just want to say is, you know, in the midst of looking at everything that's happening in the world, it's, it's uh, nice to see... Uh, happiness and joy and love. Um, you know, my wife and I were able to go to see one of our good friends get married today. And it was, it was wonderful to see the love in the air and to see the happiness in the air. And it just, you know, helps put things into perspective that, you know, we all have happiness at the end of this rainbow. We just, uh, we, we are having a glimpse of looking at it right now. Amen. Doubly so. My wife just mentioned, she was just sitting here with me uh, before we went live. And she mentioned that it was a wondrous thing this week that the Lord, our God, reminded everybody of the, well, the parable of the wedding feast. Because this week uh, she told me about uh, a certain wedding that was canceled, and uh, the young lady decided to invite all the homeless people to come and enjoy uh, the rather extravagant uh, food that had been uh, bought and could not be refunded. And uh, my wife was marveling at that, that that managed to get into the news straight out of the parable of the wedding feast. I thought that was pretty amazing myself. Bright, jump on here, and uh, how's your week progressed? Uh, how's it been going this week, bud? Yeah, I've been one of those entertaining weeks, I think, as always. Uh, just back sort of ingesting and looking over more and more uh, research as far as, I guess, trying to understand this uh, this uh, interesting geopolitical nightmare we have on the scenes. But at the same time, I use this week as well to sort of... Uh, Rest my mind a little bit and watch more of how we put this entertainment because, well, I guess the way my mind is wired, it makes me think even deeper, which has its own purpose. But uh, it's been one of those weeks, I guess. <laughs> well, you and I have certainly been uh, here in heated discussions past a couple of days talking about things that. Boy, wouldn't everybody like to get their ears on what we've been talking about here in the past few days. We've got uh, a show planned for Monday night, uh, the Lord willing, of course. Um, everybody needs to remember that I'm going to leave here. I have to get up at 3.30, leave at 4.30 uh, that morning, work at least 11 hours that day, and then try to get back to my room to do a... Uh, do a show, but we're going to try to do one on the timeline. Uh, Clinton, as far as I know, is going to join us. He said he's got a wedding to go to. He may be a little bit late, but we also have an old friend coming on. Uh, Derek Taylor from 1870 Bible Study will be joining us once again. It's been quite a while uh, since we got to hang out with Derek, um, so it's going to be a good shindig to get together. Um, Anybody out there who wants to uh, join the fray, uh, just send me an email at intimetribune at mail.com. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have four or five uh, 
guests show up. I don't know, but we're going to discuss the timeline. Uh, I don't know. Derek may switch it up, or perhaps uh, Clinton will want to talk about something he wants to talk about. And me and Brian certainly had a very intriguing conversation today right after me and my son uh, had a conversation about this Egyptian statue. Uh, what I looked at, uh, I had a couple of hypotheses for, but Brian and my son both agreed with me that what we were looking at was absolute proof that was not a statue. A statue had been carved onto the face of something else that had been petrified. No doubt about that. You could even see internal organs. So who knows what the Brian and I uh, might talk about, but uh, it's open. Uh, I just thought that uh, I would shoot uh, both Clinton and uh, Derek my timeline. You know, I just might give us a topic, but who knows? I just want it to be a roundtable discussion about, well, the times we're living in. Uh, it's Clinton's turn. He's always first into the saddle. He leads the charge. Uh, we shall not waver from that format. Everybody seems to appreciate it. Uh, so that's what we're going to continue with. Uh, Clinton, uh, go right ahead and jump into the news, please. Yeah, not a problem. It's always a pleasure. And, um, you know, I mean, this this week we just – for lack of better way of putting it, it's just messed up. Um, and, and what I mean by messed up is when you look at what's happening to the United States democracy, what, what's happening to our country. Um, I mean, we, we, we talked about it in depth last week about the possibilities of an actual investigation into the president of the United States and his, his administration into their involvement with Russia. Um, and, and this week, it seems like it comes out even more uh, stuff. I mean, there's even speculation that Donald Trump is asking his attorneys if he can pardon himself. And there's actually serious debate if what that will mean. If can the president of the United States pardon himself from a criminal investigation? And what does that mean for our democracy? I mean, does that ultimately mean that the president of the United States has the ability to do whatever he wants? Um, because if he can pardon himself on treason or involvement with another country to be involved in some kind of manipulation of the political system, <laughs> that's about as, as deep as you can get. Um, and, and it's it's kind of a scary time for, for the United States, a scary time for the world, um, because we don't know where this will lead. We, we know that uh, Donald Trump has had a couple different uh, members of his, um, <laughs> his attorneys, basically, his lawyers, uh, quit it on him. Uh, and, and that's never a good sign when you have someone who is incredibly powerful, incredibly wealthy, that can't even pay people enough to stay with them on an investigation on this scale. We know that Jared Kushner is supposed to go in front of the Senate on Monday. And supposedly the ties between Kushner and Qatar and Saudi Arabia and Iran and you name it. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's almost daunting to even think of this. I, I try to keep up with it as, as much as I can, but it, it's, it's just 
sometimes you you wake up and you think that you're actually in an alternate reality. Like this six months ago, seven months ago, this was not even something that we even fathomed. This wasn't the world that we lived in. This was not the the place that, that we called home. And now when you look at the world, we have the entire political system of the United States government is in mass chaos. Supposedly the Democratic Party is already in debt. Um, you know, they, they spent a massive amount of money on this election in Georgia and then they end up losing. And now they're in the hole. And they have all of these other must-win categories that they're going to be looking into. We have the Republican Party that is in charge of both the Senate and the House, but yet they can't pass anything because they are completely divided. And then we have a leader like John McCain, who unfortunately was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And, you know, as the the Maverick, as one of the leaders of the, the Republican Senate, that's a major loss for 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 anything that they want to try to accomplish or anything they want to try to do. Um, and so the the political system's at a complete standstill. We no one knows what to do. No one knows where this is headed. The only thing that we know is there, there's now uh, three people that are seriously talking about running for president in 2020, and uh, this. This list, I'm sure, is going to continue to grow. And, and if it looks like anything that we're talking about, this, this election cycle in 2020 is going to be absolutely insane. Um, the three people that have already expressed massive amount of interest in running for president, uh, A, number one is Mark Zuckerberg, um, the founder of Facebook. And, and there was a, a poll that came out that said if he ran for president today, him and Donald Trump would tie. So... That's scary considering that someone that is a founder of Facebook and you can watch the movie to see how he did that could possibly win the presidency. But the second is Kanye West. Kanye West, as soon as Donald Trump was you know, elected president, you know, Kanye West said he was going to run for election, which considering his following and his status he would be a formidable foe as well. And the third is The Rock. I mean, uh, you know, the ex-wrestler, the movie star, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is possibly looking into running for, for president as well. So, so in 2020, it's basically going to be a celebrity free-for-all. I, I've even seen a speculation that Kid Rock is talking about running for Senate. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. You can't, I mean, it used to be, you know, people that, that were skilled in the political arena, the, the either were businessmen or, or attorneys or, you know, whatever it may be, that was the genre. Now it's, it's going to turn into more of a, a popularity contest, more of a, a celebrity. And there are numerous celebrities out there that are actually brilliant and that, that could do a good job. I'm just not sure of these three are the cream of the crop, but I'm sure that they won't be the only ones to, to put their hat into the arena. Um, when you look at Congress now, I mean, they, they tried passing this, the Trump care bill, you know, with the Ted Cruz amendment, which just made it even worse. And uh, luckily they didn't get the votes. It's not going to go through. It's not going to happen. And so the response is to, just withdraw Obamacare. 
just pull the plug. Well, that's a, a scary reality as well. I mean, we have millions and millions of people in the United States that have health insurance because of Obamacare. If you all of a sudden flood those people into the market, they have to look and try to find other insurance, which if you leave it up to our uh, economic system and our business system, we can't rely on corporations to do the right thing, which is keep costs down so people can actually afford it. We're going to see corporations increase their profit, which means they're going to raise the prices on everyone. That's, that's the name of the game. Right now, the whole healthcare plan was just to cut their expenses and bring in revenue that they're never going to have to remove, I mean, to spend back. So it makes sense from a business standpoint just to drop Obamacare, have all these people into the market. They have to find you know, their health insurance, but a lot of those people only were able to afford health insurance because of their stipends. Um, and also a lot of the, the people under Obamacare have pre-existing conditions, which will make it so it's very difficult for them to find insurance into the, the free market. But that is actually being thrown around. I mean, we're, we're talking about funding that may be cut from 18 different states around the United States as like kind of a test to see what happens if you cut the funding from the program so these people can have health care. We're, we're talking about um, targeting sanctuary cities, you know, cutting funding to these sanctuary cities through either healthcare or any other way. So that way they can be controlled as well. Um, so we, we see the, the use of this uh, uh, lack of better term sanctions on the American people. And this is, this is what's going to be used. It's going to be a business tactic to squeeze people so that way they have to purchase some kind of health care or they have to uh, try you know, to go without. Um, but it just shows that Congress is not doing their job. And the problem that, that's really scary coming up is they have until the end of September to, to pass a budget. Otherwise, the United States, the government, runs out of cash. They, they run out of the ability to pay their debts, which means you know government workers aren't going to get a paycheck. That we, we have till the end of September. And we have Donald Trump that said maybe in September we should just have a massive shutdown of the government. Well, if Congress has shown you know, what they're capable of doing, they, they haven't passed anything since Donald Trump has been president. And they've had control of both the House and the Senate, which is unheard of. So if they can't pass anything, how are they supposed to pass a budget to keep the government running that wants to fund a wall and a war? And this wall has to be see-through and has to have silver, you know, so that way it has solar panels. That's going to be super expensive. So I don't necessarily see Congress passing anything. They may, may they may kick the curb down the you know kick it down the curb down like they did before and just pass something temporary just to see what happens. But we we unfortunately can't rely on our politicians to do what they need to do, and it's it's starting to affect everyone. And you can see not only the the de-escalation or the the problems happening in the United States with the riots and with the protests. But we see that happening all over the, the world. Um, I mean, we, we know the issues with Europe with the migrants. We know the issues with Europe with, um, with the Brexit vote. We, we know the issues with Europe and, and Italy and, and Austria maybe going at it. 
Well, we also have the same thing happening in Israel at the Temple Mount. I mean, yes, we had a, a, a terrorist attack at the Temple Mount. And, you know, there was assailants that were killed from it. And Israel's response was to put metal detectors up. Kind of a modern-day security response that, that makes sense. The, the problem is that a lot of the um, leaders in the in the Islamic world saw this as an attack, as seeing as a control mechanism against their people, and that the the mosque was under under attack in a way. And so they've been having massive riots and protests, and and some of them have been starting to get get violent um, associated to this this security action. And they see it as that Israel is actually expanding their role, expanding their control um, over the sacred site. And we, we see that, you know, UNESCO, which is part of the UN, has been talking against Israel for, for quite a while. Um, and Israel finally shot back. And, you know, this is actually out of the Jerusalem Post. It says Israel was charged, it has charged that UNESCO's actions have helped Palestine uh, use the Temple Mount to incite violence against Israel. UNESCO is a full partner to the false incitement by Palestinians and radical Islam uh, who claim the Temple Mount mosque is in danger. Israel hopes to see an end to the incitement that comes from sensational and false stories put out by Arab and Palestinian media about the Temple Mount. This year, both UNESCO's executive board and its World Heritage Committee passed a resolution that disavowed Israel's sovereignty on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem's old city. This followed two years of resolutions that also ignored Jewish ties to the Temple Mount, as well as the city of Jerusalem as a whole, by referring to Judea's holiest site solely by its Muslim name. Israel's decision to place metal detectors at the entrance to the site to ensure that weapons would not be brought in has sparked outrage among the Muslim worshipers. So Israel is fighting back against the UN, uh, against their actions, and they've been doing this for, for months, uh, talking back and forth about how they disagree with the UN and, and their um, inability to uh, show that Israel actually has um, a, a, a valid right to the land of Israel and to Jerusalem and to the holy site, which according to, you know, the Bible and according to Jewish doctrine, according to history, they do. And so we, we see this battle developing and we see the, this uprising and how it's being shown that, that to the Arab world that this is an important way to show that you are in line, that you are going to uh, protect what is holy to Islam. And the Jews are going to protect what's holy to Judaism. So we know that this conflict is going to grow and it's going to expand. Well, we also know that Israel is not going to be very happy with what's happening in Syria. Um, I mean, ISIS is, is being pushed out. Uh, we have the Kurds and um, the Turks are uh, looking to go at it and looking to attack each other um, because the Kurds need their land. And we talked about this last, last week. Well, furthermore, in Syria, Israel's not going to stand by and allow Iran to build military bases in Israel. 
they're not. And, and they've come out and said they're not going to. And, and it's actually been, been stated by uh, an ex-national uh, security advisor that it would be in their interest to basically go ahead and, and make sure that Israel or that Iran does not create these bases in, in Syria. Well, Israel's always taken the stance that they're, they're going to destroy Iran before Iran destroys them. Well, Iran is knocking on the doorstep to Israel right now. And Israel has to stand up and do something, or they're going to possibly see the other side of it, which is Iran has also said that they plan on destroying Israel. So you can see what the other side of it is, which is the actual destruction of the Israeli state. So that's one aspect of things. Now, when you look over at China and India, their escalation is, is growing as well. We talked about how troops have been moved into the border of both India and China. We, we see that China is um, getting nervous uh, with what's happening with Taiwan and what's happening with the arming of India. And now we have North Korea, you know, that is expanding its role as well. So this conflict between China and India, um, I hope, doesn't continue to grow. But there's a strong possibility that it does. And, and this is just going to make the destabilization in the world grow even more. Um, because I can guarantee that Pakistan will be involved in that. Um, and Iran will not allow uh, uh, the world's largest democracy in India to question their authority as well. So, so that development is growing, and it's, it's starting to scare people. It's starting to make people not sure what to do. And, and so we, we are starting to see crazy developments. I mean, the fact that the state of Hawaii is preparing for um, a possible North Korean nuclear attack, like they are seriously having drills and saying, you know, we wish we didn't have to do this because it kind of hurts our tourism. But we think it's important to make sure that everyone on the islands knows what to do if North Korea tries nuking them. Again, it just seems like the world is in an alternate reality. You know, the, the fact that we have to worry about getting nuked, that we have to worry about a rogue state that no one trusts doing something crazy. You know, I mean, there's, there's even speculation that North Korea is about ready to do a, a nuclear test from a cell. Well, we, we know a couple months ago, you know, maybe four months ago, time just flies right now, um, that uh, North Korea got mad at us because we did some kind of joint military agreement or uh, exercise with South Korea. And they declared war on the United States. And all of a sudden, this sub that we had never seen before shot a missile and the missile just you know went up and went straight down and it failed and it didn't do anything. But we didn't know that sub was there. We didn't know that it had the capability of shooting anything. And now we, we do, and we're watching that. And there's a strong possibility that North Korea is prepping for that right now. And I think that's a prospect of the world that no one really wants to see or no one wants to have. But it's, it's a reality. It's true. Um, the, the other, and this, this is a complete change of, of topic, but... I came across this article, um, and it's in The Guardian, and I mean, it, the title is just, All Hell Breaks Loose as the Tundra Thoughts. 
And I just, it's a short article and I just want to read it to you real quick because I mean, it's, it, it fits so well into the, the iceberg that just broke off from Antarctica and the speculation that the world is getting warmer. I mean, we saw everything melting in Arizona when it was getting hot. We've seen records in Iran. We've seen records in India. We, we see that the world is getting hotter. Well, part of that is the thawing of the permafrost in Siberia because this has been frozen as long as Antarctica has been frozen and now it's starting to thaw. And we don't know what the repercussions of that are, but this article kind of shows something that they've seen and it makes you kind of think of what could be going on what could happen or what is trapped in this ice and trapped in the ground. So the article says, strange things have been happening in the frozen tundra in northern Siberia. Last August, a boy died of anthrax in the remote Yamal Peninsula, and 20 other infected people were treated and survived. Anthrax hadn't been seen in the region for 75 years, and it's thought that recent outbreak followed an intense heat wave in Siberia, temperatures reaching over 30 degrees Celsius that melted the frozen permafrost. Long dormant spores of a highly infectious anthrax bacteria frozen in the carcasses of an infected reindeer rejuvenated themselves and infected herds of reindeer and eventually local people. Most recently, a huge explosion was heard in June in the Yamal Peninsula. Reindeer herders camped uh, nearby saw flames shooting up from, with pillars of smoke and found a large crater left in the ground. Melting permafrost was again suspected, thawing out dead vegetation and erupting in a blowout of highly flammable methane gas. Over the past three years, 14 other giant craters have been found in the region, some of them truly massive. The first one discovered was around 160 feet wide and about 230 feet deep, with steep sides and debris spread all around. There have also been cases of the ground trembling in Siberia as bubbles of methane trapped below the surface set the ground wobbling like an airbed. Even more dramatic setting fire to methane released from frozen lakes in both Siberia and Alaska causes some impressive flames to erupt. Methane is a huge concern. It is more than 20 times more potent a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, and a massive release of methane in the Arctic could pose a significant threat to the global climate, driving worldwide temperatures even higher. So, you know, there's a reason why all the projections that people were saying with global warming, you know, was a, we had 30 years or we had 20 years or, you know, all this time. And then all of a sudden they're saying, well, actually we have five years. We, we need to fix things and we need to fix it now. Well, I don't think they anticipated the permafrost thawing and all those gases going into the ozone as well. Well, as things heat up, it's going to cause other issues to happen. And, and like we mentioned, the, the iceberg in Antarctica that broke off. Well, that iceberg is starting to disintegrate. It's starting to melt, which typically it takes years for those icebergs to melt, but this one's doing it in like weeks. So, you know, keep an eye on that. But then also, it just came out that uh, there's a new rift that has been detected in the Larsen Sea ice shelf in Antarctica. Um, and it's just a week after one of the largest icebergs ever broke off from it. Uh, researchers at, the, at per, uh, Project Midas, which has been monitoring the ice shelf, has first detected the iceberg calving 
uh, saying a new rift appears to be extending northward. They point out that although the new rift will probably turn uh, towards this, the shelf edge, creating a small iceberg, there is a risk that will continue towards the Baldwin ice rise, a point that is critical to keeping the, the shelf stable. Uh, we see a new short feet, uh, feature of around six kilometers, so about 3.7 miles, heading north from the complex region of cracks that formed just before the iceberg broke away. So basically, the iceberg that broke off here recently caused a fissure of, of cracks. One of those cracks is three, over three miles long and is spreading northward. And there's a strong possibility that if it continues moving northward, it will destabilize that shelf, and then the rest of the ice will break off and go into the ocean as well. So are things getting hotter? Well, I don't, I don't think Antarctica should be melting like this. I don't think we should have icebergs breaking off at this kind of rate. And having just a week or two ago, just a week ago, a giant iceberg break off, and then now we have another one that's or he has a, a crack that's three and a half miles long. So this is just growing and expanding and it's getting, it's getting worse. We're, we're getting craziness happening. Um, I mean, we, we still have Yellowstone that is having massive amount of earthquakes. There was a, an earthquake that just hit outside of Turkey um, that was outside of a resort that a couple people died. Um, there was a 7.7 earthquake that hit uh, up in Russia. And these are just the big ones that they talk about. They don't talk about all the little ones that are hidden in California right now. They're hidden in Alaska right now that are swarming around Yellowstone, that are hitting in Oklahoma, and some of them all the way over into the West or the East Coast. So the world is, is moving. The world is doing something that we as a species need to truly pay attention to and open our eyes and, and be conscious of because if it does heat up and get too hot, we can't be here. So we need to watch this very carefully. Now, the last thing, and I'm, I'm pretty disturbed to talk about this, but it, um, it's important. And we, we know that um, as things develop, uh, control is going to be very important. And the control of monitoring individual actions and, and maneuvers and movement is going to be very important and having that information is going to be very valuable. And the first place that we can imagine that will be looked into will be the airports. And, and what kind of technology is being implemented at the airports to monitor individual movement? Well, uh, this article came out from Zero Hedge and the title is DHS outlines mandatory biometric ID at airports for foreign travel. Well, the article goes on and, and basically kind of lays out uh, that on May 19th, Delta Airlines, um, you know, put out, uh, you know, just a little, they're, they're trying something out. And it's a little kiosk where, you know, first you, you know, scan someone's passport and then you scan their face and it links the face to their luggage. So, when you go to pick up your luggage, you know, if you don't have the right face, you won't be able to pick up your luggage. And that's, that's the, the, the thought of it. Um, you know, I saw it at the airports, you know, it's where there's that massive checkout where you can go through security and just scan your hand and, and uh, then you can bypass the security line. And, and I, I, I didn't try it. I was kind of, kind of beside myself to even see it, but 
that was another aspect of it. Now, recently, uh, JetBlue um, has tried, uh, you know, to test facial and fingerprint recognition technology at two airports in a in a test program to do exactly that to monitor people's actions through biometrics. Well. I'll just read this. It says, however, these stories were nothing compared to what followed on June 20th when the U.S. Customs and Border Protection announced that they would integrate government databases with a private company to speed up biometric processing. Now, the reason that they want to speed up the biometric processing um, is because they want to monitor everyone that is leaving the country. And... It basically says, with, the, with this backdrop, um, if one weren't al already alarmed by this trend, the DHS is now laying out a clear plan for mandatory, mandatory face scans for all travelers to foreign destinations, stating that the only way for an individual to ensure he or she is not subject to collection of biometric information when traveling internationally is to refrain from traveling. That's right. No opt-out. You just stay home. So basically, the system that they're putting in place is to see who's leaving the country and, and monitor who's leaving. Not who's coming into the United States, but who is leaving the United States. And it says there should only be viewed um, as the next stage of incremental, um, incrementalism before a uh, biometric ID will be required for domestic travel as well. And as we have seen with the TSA, airports may not be the final destination. People are being transformed into digital organisms made easier for scanning and processing. The political will is there is a database, uh, that databases exist, and the technology is clearly being rolled out across every meaningful area of human activity. So what, what kind of disturbs me about this is, is we see this wall that's going to be voted on and approved, and they hope to start building it in January uh, between the United States and Mexico. And they say it's to keep all of the evil people in Mexico out of the United States. But then they roll out biometric monitoring at the airports to monitor people that are leaving the United States. So it's, it's kind of the complete opposite. I mean, don't you want people to leave if you're going to deport people and you want to build a wall to keep people out? Why would you want to know who's leaving? Unless the wall is not necessarily to keep people out, but to keep people in. And I, I have been saying this for a while, and, and I hope that that's not the case. But with what they're coming out with at the airports and monitoring people leaving the United States, that may be the true agenda. So, Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you, but I think uh, that's a good place for us to get started. Well, I've already stated that a while back. I think that may have been before you come on with us and join the clue or the uh, the crew, uh, Clinton. Me and Brian talked about that before. Ladies and gentlemen, you better check yourself. It's It's to keep you in. It really is. Um, they know they're very narrow in the people that can flee this country. Of course, the most obvious and easiest way to flee the country is by boat, especially if you're wealthy. 
hop on your 60-foot yacht and go wherever you want to in the world, literally. You can literally go anywhere in the world. But ladies and gentlemen, our coastlines are greatly restricted. There are plenty of wealthy people in, oh, let's say Phoenix, let's say Denver, let's say St. Louis. The vast majority of the people do not have access to the coastlines and those that do. can just hop on a boat and become a refugee. And of course, they're all going to figure out really quickly when this happens that uh, what it's like to be a Syrian refugee. Because I assure you, this entire planet hates Americans, and for good reason. Uh, you especially don't want to go to uh, Mexico. And if you think you can go north into Canada on a boat and brave the winter, we'll see how somebody from you know Phoenix does in minus fifty. I said minus negative fifty degree windchill factor. So it's just uh, interesting that Clinton said what man Brian's already talked about. Very quickly, does a security fence become a prison? Very quickly. He also mentioned that obviously something is definitely wrong uh, with – well, he said heat. I really disagree with that. We are incurring a weather phenomenon that I studied in an institution of higher learning. It's called weather chaos. Here we have it again. Every time this has happened, I have mentioned it on the broadcast. Now we have it this week. Today, red alert as Shanghai records highest temperature ever. Ladies and gentlemen, there it was 105.6 degrees Fahrenheit in Shanghai. Please check their location. That's not supposed to happen there. So here we go. More of this weather chaos phenomena. Something caught my uh, attention this week. Uh, it was uh, released. I watched some amateur videos. I couldn't understand what they were saying because it was from Russia. But this is the gist of it. <clears throat> An infestation of a biblical plague of locusts has struck the Russian Republic of Dagestan. So far, at least 114,000 hectares of agricultural land have been destroyed. Uh, these people are not prepared to do this, uh, go through this type of biblical plague. Normally, uh, this is regulated to Africa and, of course, the United States of America. But there it's putting things underneath serious distress. Uh, you need to understand that they can literally consume the food of 10 elephants per day. Let me trans that, translate that into human terms. They can eat as much as 2,500 people in one day, what the same amount that 2,500 people would consume. 
they do that in a day. So, more on to weather chaos, uh, me being a student of it. I assure you what I'm about to read to you did not, I repeat, did not exist. So I'm going to talk about something that, well, without getting upset, this is ridiculous that this came out on weather.com. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, Ring of Fire weather pattern brings dangerous heat and severe storms and heavy rains to the United States. Okay. Now Clinton is going to understand what I mean by this weather phenomenon that is documentable. It's called weather chaos. It's freezing in New York City in the middle of summer. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm reading directly from this article. It may be hot in New York City, uh, but there's a place to cool down the cold one. A summertime weather pattern called a ring of fire has dominated for the past week. This atmospheric setup brings oppressive heat to some areas while others see thunderstorms. Uh, the ring of fire isn't a normal or formal weather pattern. It's sometimes used by meteorologists to describe particular summertime weather pattern that occasionally sets up. No, ladies and gentlemen. I assure you, there's no such thing. Here's how it works. Sinking air associated with a strong upper-level pressure system east of the Rockies leads to very hot temperatures near its core, forming a ring around the highs. Clockwise flows are disturbances Aloft that tap into moisture, resulting in bouts of storms near its periphery. You can see the general setup for the fire weather pattern in the graphic below, which painfully marks out exactly. Well, maybe I ought to caution. Maybe I ought to check myself. As far as I'm aware, only Brian and our sister Jenny knows what I was about to say. You know, me and Brian just had a talk about this yesterday. You know what? Let me just go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, you know I am a celestial somologist. Let me tell you what you don't know about the great American eclipse. I call it the X-eclipse. All of your so-called eschatology experts have failed to tell you that I have, since I have started this web ministry, so to speak, I have told everybody to watch, and I've showed you many times on videos, pictorial evidence, always watch star that is directly over the event. Uh, that's described for us in the Bible as the star stood over Christ the King. When you look into the heavens, ladies and gentlemen, to the two planets that flank to the left and to the right of the eclipse, you will painfully see what history calls the area of the United States to be Egypt. 
Not only that, it marks off the left and right boundaries of what is documented to be the eastern and western destruction zones for the New Madrid that smote our nation per the prophet Tecumseh's brother's prophecy. I'm staring at this graphic below. The high-pressure system is right over that very spot, and not only that, you've heard me and Brian well-documented. We were talking about we would know where things were going when we seen a hurricane develop over land. Ladies and gentlemen, what I just read to you, that's what happens in a hurricane. Only this hurricane is quite literally circling the United States. Now look, let me read it for you again so you can know and understand exactly what I'm talking about. Here's how it works. Sinking air associated with a strong upper high-level pressure system leads to very hot temperatures near the core, forming a ring around the high's clockwise flows, inhibiting disturbances aloft that tap into moisture, resulting in bouts of storms near its periphery. You're talking about a huge hurricane over the United States. Now this weather chaos has been getting extreme. It just keeps getting worse and worse. I mean, Clinton pointed it out. We've had records broken in Iran. Here, there, here, there. Last week, I, I mentioned that there were poor parts of the United States that got 6.5 inches of rain per hour. This week, uh, four areas declared states of emergency uh, in New Zealand, Christchurch, Dunedin, Temeru, and Otago. Well, they literally had biblical flooding. Ladies and gentlemen, Kashmir, they got hit and hit hard. They just got dumped in once again in the neighborhood of six inches per hour. The one storm claimed, claimed 13 lives. Six point seven earthquake hit Turkey this week. Right along the place where it borders, guess what? Greece. Exactly where Brian has warned us all to watch. Is everything okay, ladies and gentlemen? You know, this week the Indonesian Mount Sennisberg blasted lava a kilometer when it popped its top. Uh, 
Are you sure everything's all right, ladies and gentlemen? Are you sure it's business as usual? Are you sure? This week for break is the last portion of the book of Asaph. It is Psalms 79 through 83. And if I was you, I'd listen very carefully to the last chapter because if you listen very intently, you will be told about the celestial scapegoat. But when God speaks, you need to listen and remember what he has said before. That is a direct reference, ladies and gentlemen, to the tribulation trigger. I'm working on a post right now because they found more undeniable, irrefutable proof that there is a fifth gas giant lying beyond Neptune. Because we have documentable that they found 150 trans-Newtonian objects that their axes are off by 7 to 8 degrees. And there's only one thing that can cause that, ladies and gentlemen. It's just you can't see it. But the, slate, but the celestial scapegoat is there waiting in the dark, just so you know. Psalm 79 O God, the heathen are come into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of thy saints unto the beasts of the earth. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them. We are become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and derision to them that are round about us. How long, Lord, Wilt thou be angry forever? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob, and laid waste his dwelling place. O oh, remember not against us former iniquities. Let thy tender mercies speedily prevent us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name and deliver us, and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is their God? Let him be known among the heathen in our sight by the revenging of the blood of thy servants which is shed. Let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee. According to the greatness of thy power, preserve thou those that are appointed to die, and render unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach, wherewith they have reproached thee, O Lord. So we thy people and sheep of thy pasture will give thee thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. Psalm 80 Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt, 
Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparedst room before it, and didst cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea, and her branches unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedges, so that all they which pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the wood doth waste it, and the wild beast of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven, and behold, and visit this vine, and the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted, and the branch that thou madest strong for thyself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man whom thou madest strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Psalm 81 Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take a psalm, and bring hither the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the psaltery. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. For this was a statute for Israel, and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were delivered from the pots. Thou calledst in trouble, and I delivered thee. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will testify unto thee. O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him. But their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Psalm 82 God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly, and accept the persons of the wicked, Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Psalm 83 Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. 
they are confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites, of Moab and the Hagarenes, Gebal and Ammon and Amalek, the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre, Hasser also has joined with them. They've holpen the children of Lot, Selah. Do unto them as unto the Midianites, as to Sisera, as to Jabin at the brook of Kison, which perished at Endor. They became as dung for the earth. Make their nobles like Oreb and like Zeb, yea, all their princes as Zeba and as Zalmunna, who said, Let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. O oh my God, make them like a wheel, as the stubble before the wind. As the fire burneth the wood, and as the flame setteth the mountains on fire, so persecute them with thy tempest, and make them afraid with thy storm. Fill their faces with shame, that they may seek thy name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish, that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the Most High over all the earth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. It's good to be with you uh, this week. It is a pleasure and an honor, and uh, I cannot forget to uh, make a shout-out to the listeners. Uh, Once again, we hold the pole position in the current events category. been well over at a month that uh, we have not been challenged in that, and the listens just continue to climb on a weekly basis. It's just... uh, What's really encouraging under the current circumstances, uh, for me at least. So, Brian, it is your turn to uh, get in the saddle. Uh, Let's hear uh, what you've been looking at this week. There has been no shortage of news, that is for sure. Well, uh, what have I been looking at this week? I guess the entire globe, but watching how it is that America does what they do. Um, Something I've come to call the chaos strategy. And it's rather interesting as I pull up all kinds of foreign policy here written by our bigwigs. Good old Brzezinski, Mr. Kissinger. Boy, oh boy, folks, you might want to look into this because they haven't hidden what they're doing. And they've hand this very precisely. Um, One little tidbit I wanted to touch on here quick is, well, starting with the uh, chaos scenario, I guess, in the United States here. I think some first things that really need to come to everybody's attention, like right out of the uh, gate here, is... Well, folks, you need to recognize the fact that as far as the right wing is concerned, they see everything as running it as a business and running it as brutally as possible. I'd almost say brutally efficient, but that's not the truth. More like brutally, because anybody that gets in their way, well, they'll just do what they're doing. We saw it last week. They brought in a uh, new person to come in and completely get rid of all the uh, bureaucratic institutions that they don't see fit. We've had the courts have been completely taken over and overhauled by the infamous Koch brothers. And you really need to understand 
then on top of it, that's the way they look at the entire world stage as nothing more than a way for them to keep increasing what they're going to put in their pockets and causing absolute pandemonium and chaos across the stage. Now, while the discussions were going on here earlier, something hit me because one of the news stories I just pulled up as I'm going through my couple of different news feed programs is uh, right here, for instance, was a story that was just released today called The Man Who Drives Trump's Russian Connection. And it starts out basically this first uh, little sentence is all you need to know. Moscow in 2013, the Russian oligarch Aris and his son, Emin, arranged an extravagant party inter- entrance for their guest. Donald Trump and armored Mercedes stretched limo driving off a freight elevator into a ballroom with 3,000 bedazzled Russian guests. Folks, you need to take note of the fact that it brings up Russian oligarch because when it dawned on me again because, well, I've spent an extensive amount of time looking into the history and the rise of Mr. Putin in Russia. I think everybody needs to remember that he canned all of the oligarchs. And I've got several stories here that I pulled up because of remembering this. I have one uh, pulled up from Foreign Affairs from uh, Putin and the oligarchs. And for some reason, of course, there's no date here. Let's see here. We have one that came out of Boston Globe. This is back in uh, 2015 where he uh, canned all the oligarchs. Let's see uh, right here. Putin purges old friends, points to tightening grip on power. And what's the date on this one? I mean, everybody, you need to remember, I mean, this is the whole thing they keep pointing everybody at is saying he's playing games with the oligarchs. This is Russian collude. Now, wait a minute. We can't play that game when Putin came through because he knew full well how corrupt all these oligarchs were. And he basically made a sweeping move to make sure that their power over the governing body had no more effect. This really begins to realign what's happening here in our political system because, oh boy, how do I state this? I mean, my gosh, Matthew and I have talked about this a couple of times. You need to understand right now, folks, that anything that you refer to as democracy, the moment they pulled a bullet in Kennedy's head, it was game over. It is not who you think that's running the show any longer. And they can play this little charade on the stage and have everybody come together and do this, that, and the other thing. You need to put two and two together right away of who's really running the show. Now let's get over to how should we put this? Maybe the um, Massive, massive stab in the back now concerning uh, what's happened to Israel. Because for one, we have all this chaos that's broken out on the Temple Mount. Now, we did that program quite a while back there on Jeremiah and how this is being set in motion by, well, I mean, they call themselves Christian Zionists. 
and they've been overstoking the fires, having people, you know, sacrifices going on, on around the Temple Mount, breaking into it. And then the Temple Institute, on top of it, goes and shows exactly what they've been doing with their own YouTube videos. We've got people uh, from the United States that have stoked that fire, everybody. You might want to realize why all of this is happening. And let us not forget that Netanyahu has given several speeches at this Christian Zionist organization meetings. But as things stand now, let's see here. We've had in the last couple of weeks here, the United States has suddenly uh, decided they were going to keep Assad on the throne. This is putting it into a spot where Iran is literally encircling Israel all over. Trump came in, armed all of the Gulf nations to the teeth. And it was rather interesting as Psalm 83 was just read. Folks, you might want to go out there and take another look. Right now, Israel is literally surrounded by all of its enemies. And this has been further increased now with what was just done with the Assad regime. It came out this week on top of it as well that, which we already, I think, have reported on probably an umpteen billion times. So now they just go and admit it, which is rather classic. That the CIA had been giving all the rebel forces fighting against the Assad regime weapons. I mean, it was in broad daylight the entire time. It wasn't really too hard to see what was happening. But we need to think as tacticians or, you know, as these tacticians that have wrote up these various strategies that are being used to realize what's really been set in motion here now as they put Assad back on that throne and are clearing out these rebels' forces. People, you need to understand right now that this action alone For those rebels that were fighting against the Assad regime, this has created a monster. We thought ISIS was bad. You just wait and see what happens next. Because now all these people have been absolutely betrayed. Some of these, like the Syrian Free Army, for instance, they had to work on the ground because they weren't getting any assistance. Of course, the United States goes in and does what they do, and they created another coup essentially inside of Syria, at the exact same time the Arab Spring broke out. Okay, and everything went south, but I would have to say that things were planned to go that way because if we have not forgotten about the infamous axis of evil speech that uh, good old George Bush Jr., I guess we can call him, came in and uh, pulled, they stated everybody who was on their hit list right then and there. They stated in broad daylight on top of it through multiple different newspapers that Syria was on their hit list. Okay, they threw Iran into the mix early on. It's not like they hid what they had planned for them either. It's just that we tend to become so short-sighted nowadays that we can't remember what happened then. And now suddenly, lo and behold, all this stuff is like some big surprise as the media plays it off to everybody, which is an utter joke when they've been planning on doing this for ages. Let us not forget in broad daylight, too, on top of it, they put Netanyahu in there, written out in the paperwork was, hey, guess what? You're to break the the peace accords that were just signed by Yitzhak Rabin. 
and they've been doing what ever since then? Building settlements in all these spots, doing everything to flare up tensions with everybody surrounding them. Yet I tend to wonder, because right now I am have my suspicions that Netanyahu is rather furious, considering now he's surrounded on every side. And folks, I cannot advise enough. You need to look at what really went down during the stages of, well, World War I, obviously, from the Belfort Declaration forward. The sites bacot the red line, all the different oil stuff that went on throughout the Middle East going into 1948 at the formation of Israel. Because, you know, you see... Here in the West, we've been deluded into believing that the right-wing politicians have always been pro-Israel, go Israel, go. No. As a matter of fact, they've gone out of their way to destroy them over and over and over and over again. Somehow everybody's gotten it into their mind that Trump is pro-Israel when all the writing on the wall shows absolutely a complete contradiction. Why is nobody out there in these, uh, you know, I've seen the stuff that's coming out of all these people's mouths that are the avid um, Trump backers. Why is not anybody realizing what he's done to the state of Israel as they show up at all their Christian Zionist meetings at the same time when you can broadly see in plain terms that Israel's been set up now we've rolled it forward. We have all this stuff happening on the Temple Mount. When it was Christian Zionists and the very nationalist factions within Israel that had instigated this whole thing quite some time back, this has pushed Jordan to a spot where they're ticked off now. Turkey's calling more forces in. Saudi Arabia had to send in a delegate in the last week to say, hey, you guys need to knock it off. Oh, by the way, the United States sent us. Let us not forget why the House of Saud was set up in the first place. The good old Philby uh, family, father, son, working with the good old Dulles brothers. They knew that if they brought in this... Uh, form of Islam that had been rejected by like 50 to 60 different Islamic scholars as being heretical and put them on the throne there to control all the oil interest with their chief goal being to wipe out the Jewish people. And all of a sudden we got wheeling and dealing going on again with the House of Saud, which if you haven't been paying attention, folks, there's been a massive coup underway. Within the House of Saud, they've just handed over to the second son, the reins, but he's on top of it going through and clearing out anybody that's standing in front of, obviously, this new nice and uh, peachy king little alignment that's being fomented now between the United States. The army there has been warned, or basically has warned him, you come after us, we're going to fight back. We got all kinds of rumblings just in the House of Saud alone. And yet, we've got rumblings all over throughout those Gulf nations. 
was brought up earlier what's happening there in, for instance, Pakistan, India, China. Oh, that's a big spot of uh, contention across the board. People, you need to look at what's been going on in Pakistan here because it's important. You need to also recognize the fact that on top of it, there's been a lot of people coming from the Wahhabist camps going straight into Pakistan. They've got all kinds of different mosques that are set up there where they're maneuvering people in there behind the lines, getting in behind Iraq, or I mean Iran. With what intent? There was over, one figure stated it was a $3 million uh, dollar package to Pakistan and other states. It was $5 million. They pulled out on it because Pakistan obviously wasn't playing the game the way they wanted them to. Because there are groups that are moving through Pakistan that are still aligned with Taliban. You've got this other group, this Wahhabi-based group as well, working behind the scenes. One of the big stories this entire time with the Taliban has been suspected Pakistani intelligence forces are in collusion with these groups. Now, that's a hard one because there's a lot of evidence that points for it. At the same time, you can't really say for sure unless you're on the ground and maybe within the intelligence community itself. But that kind of seems to be the key of understanding all this stuff is the spy games. So they've got this underhanded game that's being played there with Pakistan, but you go to find out what's the Sistan, Pakistan corridor. One that I had pointed out going on almost, I think, two years now to seriously keep an eye on. It's a backdoor with Iran, but the real big thing that they're trying to do is one belt, one road. To block that off, to mess with that. Iran, they know they're playing with a loaded gun right now because, well, I mean, just, I can prove this beyond any shadow of a doubt now, and it's pretty much common knowledge within most circles of anybody that's paid attention to these things, specifically in Iran, that even the last uh, move where the Ayatollah Khomeini came to power and the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, look, the West instigated that again. Specifically, America working with French, France and Britain, of course. But, yeah, America plays real nicely with France and Britain as well. They've got their own underhand games. They're playing with them, too. We know beyond any shadow of a doubt, though, that they put this regime in Iran. Okay, so they know that they're kind of playing with a loaded gun here because if they have regime change... You see, that's where the fun comes into the equation because you never know what you're going to get in that next chamber. So they're not all certain what they want to do. We have information coming out that's stating that there's a possibility now with uh, Arabian backing and a another infamous tycoon that wants their mineral resources are working back and forth and back and forth in one of these GOP or these privately owned uh, government bureaucracies, the little groups they use for philanthropy is the nicest way of putting it because that's what they are. And 
they know full well that a massive amount of the funding is coming in from the United Arab Emirates, working in collusion with this robber baron. And they want all those nice little resources, just kind of like Eric Prince stood up and told the whole world why they were going to bust into Afghanistan to take that over. Same old story. It takes going through history to kind of understand it, though, and looking at it maybe in a different light than we always thought. But it's the same old thing that keeps playing out. Greed, chaos. This is the way they're keeping control. So documentary that Vice had just released here, Vice News had just released here in the last few weeks that was putting forward basically, well, everything's in complete and absolute chaos, and America has lost control. No, they haven't. This is the way they've intended this the whole time. Like I said, you might want to get a load of that article on uh, Brzezinski's plan. China and Russia, they knew that they had to engage them in this conflict with the Islamist groups. Sort of pull them over the line there. Make them deal with the chaos. So far, Russia, they've done it quite well with, but China's always smart. And they jump on North Korea, folks. This is going to unleash absolute pandemonium and chaos across the planet. But on top of it as well, they know full well that if they can instigate the Shia and Sunni war, on top of it, the Middle East goes up in flames. Which again, they want. Because, I mean, what was Trump's slogan? America first. Didn't anybody put two and two together on what he was doing? It's a businessman for Pete's sakes. We've got businessmen that have been running this nation nonstop for how long? Okay, the only interest they've got is their pockets filling their coffers. The health care bill. I mean, did everybody forget about the fact that we reported sometime back that they already collapsed it by nuking the banks that were propping it up? I just spoke with somebody in my family this week that already they're having problems with their Medicare. We've noticed it through my um, disability military insurance from my wife, that they're paying next to nothing now as far as the insurance are going. They're paying like $700, they'll pay $7. Folks, they've collapsed all this stuff already. They're just playing this game out on the scenes. A few weeks back on top of it, they said they keep things running until August so that they can ram through their bills. Well, they're just going to do what they want no matter what. Instead of Congress having its recess, they're just going to move it into August and keep going. So who knows what's happened in the meantime? I mean, I get a little bit fed up with looking at American news because all it is is a barrage. A barrage of Russian nonsense. It's just nothing more than a great big veil. And it gets to the point where it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's why... As I stated, folks, you need to sit down and start looking at these world policymakers and what they've got intended. Because they're going to keep you in the midst of this chaos. And that's exactly what they've done. 
I mean, it's just, it's absolutely amazing when you sit and look around at the entire scene of what's happening right now. And it was, we discussed earlier in the week, historically speaking, we should have always known, as is pointed out in that program, we need to look at what was happening historically when Christ came back, or when Christ came the first time, because it's going to mirror when Christ comes back. When you begin to pull up those Parthian maps and realize that you had that whole corridor there where all those people were in alignment with one another, Iran going into the areas of Russia, you had the good old Saka behind the scenes, which of course were controlling the trade routes like they always have. China was using certain corridors to go down and around to bypass all the chaotic areas because they knew the second they went through, tried to go through Eastern Europe and Western Europe, they run into all sorts of pandemonium. Turkey controls the areas which were, I believe, ancient Armenia at that point in time. So when you look at this stuff, the way that history was playing out, and then you realign who the players are sitting in those areas now and look at the map, all this starts to make very peculiar sense. But my biggest concern in all this, right now, they've got Israel is set from every direction, especially considering we know full well that the Temple Mount, well, that's the center of time, folks. And when you see, let's see, we had missiles that were fired out of the Gaza Strip today that were shot down, of course. We've, all kinds of pandemonium is breaking out around the Temple Mount, and it literally goes back to what we saw these, oh boy, right-wing nationalists inside of Israel, and on top of it, what we had these Christian Zionist groups on top of it trying to perpetuate, knowing full well that this would stir up absolute chaos around the Temple by doing everything they did to stir up the Arab world. This has been done intentionally. And folks, you got to get that whole, I mean, they talked about it nonstop all throughout the election cycle. For instance, Steve Bannon wants to launch the crusade. How many of these policymakers and these uh, different appointees have been saying the same thing? Has everybody forgot what's in their mind as far as the crusades are concerned? Because in their head, the line they were fed was if we can take Israel and Jerusalem then we can initiate Christ coming back even though the leaders actually had really different goals but that's what they told them and things are looking rough right now and folks if you've gone through all the work that I've gone through as of lately especially looking the documentation, for instance, from people that worked within the Justice Department and the different word-of-mouth testimony from the different intelligence services all over the world. The moment that you realize that the West has never had the Jewish people's interest at heart, this makes me very nervous at the moment. And I think, honestly, it should everybody 
This is leading nowhere good, and it's leading there at lightning speed. I'm going to stop there for the time being, and let's just bounce around like we did last week. Clinton, your thoughts there on what Brian had to talk about or further coverage? Um, Whatever you want to talk about, let's just talk about it, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty disturbing to see, you know, I mean, we, we know according to scripture that uh, there's going to be wars and rumors are worse, but I, I don't think any of us anticipated seeing it everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Uh, we have, you know, what Brian talked about with, with Pakistan and how the craziness is developing there or with India and China. Um, and, and Syria is going to absolutely be a powder kick. It's, there's reports that Assad is coming out saying that the coalition forces, he's going to go after them for paying to rebuild Syria. Well, the coalition forces, that is the United States. So Assad wants the United States to pay to rebuild Syria. And that came out today that he's pushing that. Um, so, <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I would hope to shout that the American people would at least help them build their hospitals and schools. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it could be me. But anyway, go ahead. Well, it makes sense that we should definitely help, you know, with the infrastructure. And that's what the United States has done forever. I mean, you know, even after World War II, we went into Germany, we went into Japan, and, and we rebuilt those nations. And so it makes sense to do something equivalent to that with Syria. But I think the difference is it's not necessarily on our court to do so. It's in this case right here, it's coming from the man in charge of Syria saying the United States, the coalition forces should do this. And then we have a president that. Well, let me just interject. I mean, let us not forget who instigated this war in Syria. So him making a call saying, come rebuild I mean, in his shoes, we, I don't blame him. <laughs> well, 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 that's what I, well, that's what I meant, ladies and gentlemen. You can back, go back and look at the news. The only ones who hit any hospitals and schools bore the the flag of the United States. Now, that's what I meant. Perhaps Clinton didn't understand what I was saying, but uh, go check your news. No, better yet. Go ask the surviving doctors without borders. The, I mean, the ones we didn't kill. Those ones. Um, airports? No, that was us. That that was us. You see, the opposition they they like had homemade roadside bombs. No, 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 no. Uh. Documented by news agencies all over the world that we were hitting hospitals with Hellfire missiles. Okay, so just so everybody knows that, I mean, it just would stand to reason that Bashar al-Assad, which we trained in the West, he is an exact representation of Netanyahu, by the way. Please look that up. It's just that 
Netanyahu came to the United States, Jordan got sent to, of course, Britain. It's where they both got their education. The CIA com- completely set them both up. So, I mean, it would stand a reason. Now, 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 now. Let's not let's not forget. He was elected. Okay, he was elected, and ISIS was showing up with U.S. military issue weapons and and rounds. By the way, just just so you all know that, if you didn't know. So of course he would naturally stand up and say, uh, "Can you guys rebuild at least what you blew up?" I mean, surely that's what you would do, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> Americans are a special breed. We're the only ones on the face of the planet to think that we have special privileges. Just ask uh, anybody that was, you know, survived the um, barrage of Tomahawk cruise missiles we sent in there completely unannounced, you know, into Libya. Go ask those survivors. They had no idea it was coming. That was over oil, by the way. The Libyans did did not a thing bad to you. Oh, my God. You don't realize that. You were too busy paying attention to days of our lives. Or I'm sure – I don't know. Maybe it was General Hospital or the New York Mets or maybe uh, the Chicago Bulls. It's irrelevant. The only reason why you fired those 112 Tomahawk cruise missiles, that could not be evaded. They were launched from below the Mediterranean surface in the dead of night, killed a bunch of people because of the oil production that the Libyans had upped. By the way, just just so we remember things correctly, that was done by the last POTUS, which... You'd have to be retarded not to know that he was not a natural-born citizen. Therefore, he was never legally POTUS anyway. And the only thing that qualifies this POTUS is, I guess, from what Clinton informed us of earlier, I guess the only requirement to be POTUS is to be in the entertainment industry. I guess that's the only requirement now. I'm sorry if you don't agree with me. I dare you to try to prove me wrong. And well, you're going I mean, to continue like, to watch. Go ahead, bro. Well, I was just going to say, that's where we have to bring in what, you know, they get me a uh, Roger Stone. I mean, folks, if you, if you have access to Netflix or I'm pretty sure you can rent it through other means, Please sit down and watch it. He stated in there emphatically, A, they groomed Trump from 1984. B, two tactics they knew they needed to wait for. Americans want to be entertained, and they had to be filled with hate all throughout the right wing. They sat back and just waited and waited and waited, and then they took a look around and said, It's the perfect time. And you know what? This is something I brought up in my house that really ticked me off when it kind of hit me. Now, most within the right wing were all mad about what it was that 
happened during the Clinton administration and the affair with Lewinsky and so forth. Why aren't these people screaming foul when a guy that came forward who basically was stating some really messed up things about women, about his own daughter, things going on with his wife, etc. You see, for some reason, suddenly the right thinks all this stuff is acceptable when they went into an uproar with what happened with Clinton. I mean, the, the whole statement of the, the right within the crusader circles is we're going forward with moral blah, blah, blah. What happened this time then? Because they don't seem to care about any of the things that are far surpassing ridiculous that was pulled just during this election cycle alone. They don't even have moral fiber anymore. I mean, I'm sorry. I got to call it as it is. Moral fiber. I like that one, Brian. I like that. I mean, I remember the moral fiber of the, I don't know, just pick one. Uh, The Presbyterians back in the Great Depression. It was they that, of course, uh, uh, cultivated the idea of penny auctions. I'm sorry, did I insult your intelligence? Because the only thing you know is the the batting averages of the people who play for, I, I, don't, I don't even know, the Chicago Cubs or whatever? Or the Cincinnati Reds? I'm sorry. You don't know what a penny auction is? See, back then, well, let me tell you what happened to, to, to let's just get personal, Grandpa. Grandpa was in the Great Depression, and so he hopped on a train. He'd become a hobo, and uh, he'd come out west, and he was able to get a job uh, running a tractor at night because he had excellent night vision. So he's able to get uh, a job on a tractor at night. Uh, he got a letter from home saying that his wife has died, so he went home. And at the funeral, the bankers showed up at the funeral to confiscate his house. They, they, they took his house. Well, the Presbyterian women – see, back then they were godly. I'm sorry, did I insult you again? Good. I'm glad I did. Anyway, let me continue. It was the Presbyterian women that came up with this idea that when they showed up to – the bankers would show up to uh, have an auction to auction off uh, their neighbor's land. All the gentlemen would step forward and say, I'll buy it for a penny. Made the bankers mad as wet hornets. But the Presbyterians today… Oh my goodness. You don't want me to talk about all the inside information I know about the leaders of the Presbyterian Church, but don't let us stop there. You know full well I've been involved with multiple denominations that eventually my wife stood up and said on the way home from church, we're never going back there again. They're not. They're, there's no Christians there at that church. Yeah, multiple ones, multiple ones. But you can believe that when 
the Weather Channel comes out and they show you the graphic of what is most painfully a hurricane over the United States that's over land. You can believe whatever you want to believe. I mean, by all means, lay back down, roll over, and go back to sleep. Until God has had enough of you. Until he's had enough of you. And your so-called righteous rage for blood. You know, you're in really sad shape if you don't think God don't remember that Syrian school that you hit. Because you hit it hard, man. You hit it hard. You that prance around with your little American flags. Oh my gosh, you think I don't know that... When you go to church Sunday, look up at the front and see if there's not an American flag on one side and a crusader flag on the other. We'll see how that works out for you. We'll see how it works out for you. I I wonder how many of you paid attention to our break today. Did you not hear anything because you didn't understand a single thing God said? I mean, you can ask, Brian. I, I'm i sorry. You you all need to know that uh, that's how Brian and I come into fellowship one to another because he heard my broadcast on the prophet Asaph, who is exclusive in all of not only history but creation because he singularly – prophesied by order of the king. And it amazes me how some of you prance around out there with like your tap shoes on talking about how much of an expert at Bible prophecy you are and I could randomly ask you, really? What's, uh, I don't know, Isaiah chapter 82 mean? You don't have a remote flying ripping clue not even a little bit. You know, and it amazes me how I will ask you, really, really, Christ fulfilled the the sacrifice. Oh, yes, 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 that's what the, really? Uh, how many sacrifices were on that day? You don't even have a remote clue about <laughs> which, not which chapter, but what book of the law it's in. I'm sorry to rain on your party. This show was always going to be a two-stage dance because one was for the Lord. The other sacrifice on that day was for the scapegoat. I'm sorry if I'm the one that informed you of that, and that's why Christ warned you about the coming night when no good deed could be done. It's amazing to me that you don't even understand why we have to go through the tribulation. It blows me away. Blows me away. <laughs> you, you do realize that there is such thing as a beam of seat, and your your happy butt's going, and God's going to look at you right dead in the eye and say, "By the way, who'd you vote for?" Now, let me make sure that I say it before the Lord of Spirits. Never voted because those who rose me were godly and they feared God. They instructed me that Matthew, when you become of age, 
You got to research every person that you vote for because you cannot vote for the wicked. God will not tolerate it. It's never taken me more than a couple of days because I could always go, you know, back then when I first got out of high school, you could go get the voting record of every senator or every this and that. No, and, and you just, oh, go through one page and really? Huh. They told everybody there was a Christian, but they voted pro-abortion. But of course, if it's not featured on the Super Bowl halftime show, you don't care to go look it up. Uh huh. I'm trying to say is, if you're not worried, you should be. You should be. Because what you say you are really don't matter. And it never did. It's what you do. It's what you do that matters. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on. If you voted for, uh, you know, uh, Obama, <laughs> you should be worried. And if you're on the other side of the fence and you voted for Trump, you better be worried. Equally so. Because the Lord. He is God, and he is no respecter of persons, and it's what he says that goes. And if you cast your lot with the wicked, by golly, you're going to find out about it at full volume, and you can take that to the bank. You can take it to the bank. (laughs) And over the swath of eternity, as your torment Goes up in billow. That'll be your interest on the matter. Now you think I might be being it, but just wait and find out. Wait and find out. We'll see whose opinion matters. We'll see whose opinion matters. You know, you supported the POTUS. That just gave how many billions of dollars of advanced weapons into all the people that surround Israel that routinely chant death to Israel, death to Israel. And make no mistakes, the people running the government, yeah, they deserve a firing squad. But see, those Muslims ain't going to come and actually engage the soldiers because Israeli soldiers are second to none. No, they're going to go around and murder all the civilians first with American-made bullets. And by God, then you'll know about the wrath of the Lord your God when it comes up in his face because he's going to come screaming your name because you paid for it. I hope you get a kick out of that. I mean, you might on some random off chance actually be pricked by the Holy Spirit from the words I've spoken today. On the off chance, you just might. And I am thoroughly thankful that you have the opportunity to repent. By the way, I don't watch baseball. You can bet your bottom dollar that by the time I was a man, 
I knew exactly why Asaph had been ordered by the king to prophesy what he prophesied. I not only read it, I wrote it in both Hebrew and Greek before most of you had ever even taken uh, algebra. I don't think I know what he said. I listened to it. So just know that Job was a righteous man, but when he found himself in front of God's face, God said, you better brace yourself like a man because I'm going to question you and you are going to answer me. And by God, you're going to the same place. Yep, you're all going to get into the batter's box just like Job. Like it or not, individually, you get to go to this magical place. It's called the Bema Seat in some translations. Do you know what that means? Do you know what tense that's in or what case? Well, I don't care which one, Hebrew or Greek. You probably don't have a remote clue as to what that means because you want to know why? Because you don't care. That's why you don't know what it says because you don't care. I mean who was the last one that, that did the Super Bowl halftime show? Was that Madonna? That's right. You, you, I'm sorry. Are you upset at me? I don't care. And I mean, I really don't care. Because I know what to care about. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I care about. Everything else can burn as far as I'm concerned. Give me the start gun, Lord. I don't have no pension. I don't have no 401k. But what I do have can't be bought or sold, and it's going to last forevermore because that's not what I say. That's what the Lord my God has spoken. Look, you still have time. If you're paying all your tithe money to a church that does not support a homeless shelter or have a food bank or a clothing bank, you need to stop it as soon as possible. You need to stop being entertained and start trying to be pleasing to the Lord your God because God hasn't given me the capability to count the grains of sand that's left, left in the top of this hourglass. But I can tell you this. I am most overtly qualified to inform you there's a whole lot more sand in the bottom that's in the top of this puppy. And it's all downhill from here.
Well, somebody jump on here and shut me up before I really do go too far and get too mad, um, which I really don't want to do. Clinton, jump on here. Say something. Call me an idiot or something. Uh, disagree with me. Do something. But I'm definitely not going to call you an idiot. You're, you're uh, pretty brilliant in your own right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk on, you know, just a little bit about, you know, what you were hitting on about how we act as a people. I mean, our, our society is completely built on selfishness, um, narcissism, um, this grander self of I. And, and unfortunately, that is growing. I mean, you, you look at the, the medium of, of Twitter that, that Donald Trump is, is using and that the rest of us use as well. I mean, it's a great way to get news out and media out, but it is also a way to inflate the, the feeling of self, the feeling of worth. And, and that just is a testament of, of our society. And our society is completely built on, you know, I, 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 and how important am I and how important is this thing that I just bought? And how important is this huge house I have, or how important is the car that I drive? And it's, and we are, everything is skewed. We have lost the, the reasoning of, of what is truly important. And, and that is none of this. None of this on this earth is important. If everything was taken, so be it. If everything is, is given away, so be it. If everything is given to you, so be it. But that is not the goal. That is not what we're here for. What we're here for is for one thing. And that one thing is to give glory to God. Plain and simple. And we all have our duty. We all have our job. And either you buck up and do your job or get out of the way. And if you, if you are watching what's happening in the world, you, you're seeing what's happening around our globe. And you don't have the hairs on the back of your neck standing up then you're not right with God. Because the sheer fact is, if any of any ounce of you has any belief whatsoever, you know that this is not right what's going on. You know that we're headed to one conclusion, and that conclusion has been told to us thousands of years ago. But the question is, are you willing to truly see it? Are you willing to understand what time it is. Are you willing to understand what we are going to go through and what we must do? And that there is no glory in, in it for us. The glory is not for us. It's not about I. It's about him. So I'll hand it back to you guys. Brian, I think I've probably said just about enough for your so <laughs> your closing well, comments, please. Well, I mean, this is that's where I was going to chime in too, folks. And I mean, look, I'm not going to be nice about this because I mean, my personal life, I've had to literally remove a multitude of people from the equation that have been well, they've become very hateful become very hateful to the very lost that we are called to reach. Folks, we have a job to do. And when we've had this kind of rise of hatred taking place all over around us, we need to step it up. 
trying to reach the loss because from what I had witnessed for more years than I can even imagine at this stage, it started back, what, in 2000? I finally got fed up around, what was it, 2010? And just walked away because it doesn't, it's not too hard to see the fact that they don't care about the loss. All they seem to do is make campaigns of hate against them. They're absorbed with money. <laughs> power? Yeah. Problem is, is it's occult power. You have a homeless man walk in the door. They can't wait to get rid of him. I had a guy that showed up that was about to commit suicide. They wanted to let him go home and do it. The campaigns against... Uh, doesn't matter who they are. I mean, now in America, to be any kind of person that's foreign of any nature, they want them rounded up. I'm just baffled at how it is that on top of it, you see, when I walked in, I saw it, I knew there was a mega problem, and I warned against it from day one. Why have you guys let politics be interchanged with the pulpit? We're not supposed to have anything to do with these things. We're not of that kingdom. Yet they just kept doing it. Lo and behold, I picked up on it pretty quick, so I went, I want to know who's funding all these groups. I want to see where this goes. Oh, boy, wait a minute. They're all, multiple ones of them have been involved in the government, have run for president, have been on major seats. Um, Don't they call that a conflict of interest? And it gets... Just well, wait a minute. Goes to show. Gonna, wait, Go ahead. Wait a minute. How could it be a conflict of interest? I call shenanigans. That's all this generation thinks about is interest. Mm -hmm. So I call shenanigans on you. It can't be a conflict. It does. Oh my. Oh Lord, have mercy. Any psychologist has documented fact that at present moment, since the me decade of the 1970s, Democrat, Republican, uh, I, I don't know, pro-life, pro-choice, pro, pro. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, mixed marriages. They all have the same interest, and that's the bank interest. So I call shenanigans on you, Bri. Nah, well, no conflict of interest because they're all going after the same thing. Yeah, and the conflict of interest, they don't desire for the kingdom. They desire what they want to put in their pocketbooks and their power over others. It goes back to what Clinton pointed out. What kind of virtual reality nightmare are we living in? Because it's gone to the point of absolute, far-surpassing, complete psychosis. You're either part Amen. of the kingdom or you chose to be part of the world. And what I see, yeah. and I think to me, myself, and I generation, oh, it embodies me completely. Because really, ultimately, they don't care anybody about anybody but themselves. They hate everybody but themselves. 
but then they go out and they buy drugs yeah. because literally they hate themselves yeah. too, so they have to cover up their conscience. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. I'm sorry. Did you think I was being sarcastic? Ladies and gentlemen, I know you all have the same interests. Don't matter what you claim to be or what you smell like or what you look like or what kind of costume you adorn yourself with to justify your place in society. None of that matters to me. I'll tell you what does matter, though. The kingdom of heaven is coming. Uh-huh. That much I do know. And I do know that I want to go, even if you don't understand what I'm talking about, I want you all to be with me at the Tabernacle of David. And we can all sit around and roast marshmallows while the world burns and is covered in darkness. I really do want to just sit around and chit-chat with you and explain to you what the Tabernacle of David is because God obviously told you about it, but you've rejected that, and you're expected to beat Abraham to heaven, I guess. I mean, you actually think that you're going to beat King David to heaven. That's just, wow. If you Look, you all need to understand this. There is not the remotest possibility that you will enter the kingdom of heaven before Abigail. And I don't care what term you give it. You have zero chance of that happening. And that's what he said, actually, even if that's not what you believe. But I really do want to personally be with you at the Tabernacle of David for 1,260 days. And you know what? I'll even throw a bonus on there. I want to be there with you even if you don't want to be. Because it's obviously grossly evident that most of you have not a remote clue what the will of God is. Not even remotely. You know, they took prayer out of schools. With, oh, that was during the me decade, right? Yeah. Why is it all the Christian people you voted for never overturned prayer in schools? And I got a kick out of Principal Epperson. That was his name. My principal's name was Epperson. Every morning, guess what? He didn't get, he didn't get flying ripped. He feared God. He, he didn't fear the Nazis. Every morning, he would get on the intercom and start the day out with prayer. Anyway, why are all those Christians that you voted for? Uh, tell me, riddle me this. Please riddle me this. Why didn't Reagan overturn Roe versus Wade when it's – I mean even now it's common knowledge that the woman that that was a part of? Uh, she's actually pro-life now. Did you know that? Why is all the politicians that call themselves Christians you voted for since you know the seventies? Why were those decisions never overturned? I'll tell you why. 
because you know more about the stock market ratio and you have no even remote clue that the divine ratio is encoded all over chapters of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I've written and published papers on it, of course. By the way, um, the divine ratio is also included in Scripture using the integer 1260, just so you know. Hopefully, Monday we're going to get together with uh, Derek Taylor and uh, Clinton Co-Watch. I know he's got a wedding to go to, I guess, but he might get there late. But we're just going to sit around and talk Bible prophecy. Uh, if you are uh, familiar with us, uh, been on, you know, hung out with us before, by all means, shoot me an email at – it is not Gmail. Not Gmail, okay. In time Tribune at mail.com, and uh, maybe we'll get other people on. Oh, I did want to say this. Glad I didn't run out of time yet, even though I'm obviously going to. Um, it is very pleasing to me and Brian that uh, a person that used to be on this show has started doing some uh, YouTube videos called Bullet Points, and uh, Brian and I are both ex is static that he has done a bang up job done a really good job um, so uh, I suggest everybody go take a look at that just go to YouTube and look up bullet points I'm sure you will see it rather quickly uh, the information that uh, he gave was quite thorough and all of you listen to him learn a whole lot of that here on the broadcast actually um uh, but excellent jobs, and uh, you know that's very Brian I. You know, um, nobody's perfect because there was only one Christ. I mean, you've all heard, you know, me and Brian make mistakes, come out and corrected them. Uh, me and Brian have certainly had to correct. I have some messages that Brian wrote to somebody. Brian's hammering on me. Uh, you know, thank the Lord. Brian stood up his locked his knees and said, Matthew, you better check yourself, and I did. And if he had not said that, I wouldn't be here with you right now. So I'm ecstatic that uh, this program Bullet Points is rolling over there on YouTube. Uh, look it up. Excellent. Impeccable. Uh, I listened to the first two. I'm in the middle of the third one. Impeccable information uh, being delivered there. That out. Whether you understand uh, where or what the Tabernacle of David is or not, because I want to be there with you. I really do. And when we get there, you can ask me anything you want, and I'll be able to tell you Hebrew or Greek. I'll tell you exactly what God had to say about the matter. We'll be able to sit around and take a vacation as we prepare to enter the kingdom of heaven, and that's going to be good stuff. By the way, um, I got elbowed in the side. Uh, the reference I made when I was speaking about the cool place that you could go, I was speaking about air-conditioned churches, and also I got a note slipped to me to explain 
the celestial scapegoat reference in the book of Asaph there, uh, Psalm chapter 83. You can find that uh, in Judges chapter 4 and 5, uh, the events that happened uh, pertaining to the celestial scapegoat when Sisera and Jabon was put down. There's your reference so you know, even though all of my regular uh, old-time listeners, uh, those the members of the Ecclesia, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But yes, I should uh, should refer to that.